Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here and can't wait to introduce to you Susan Wilkin Horan. Susan Wilkin Horan is a survivor of three different cancers, wellness advocate, lawyer, and speaker. She has also authored seven books and contributed to the ever-popular Chicken Soup for the Soul. She has also had the pleasure of working alongside her husband for many years at the family business, classic cartoon powerhouse Fleischer Studios. Find Susan at SusanWilkinHoran.com. Let's dive into the pond and meet Susan. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Susan Wilkin Haran. Susan, thank you so much, so, so much for being on the show. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm so thrilled that you are. And I would love for you to start with, how did you get into writing? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I know, like everyone else, it's a long journey, everyone. It's a journey. It is. Um, you know, I began as an attorney. Uh, my undergraduate degree was in psychology. Then I went to law school and I was an attorney. But Jennifer, I developed cancer at a very early age. And then I developed another cancer and then another cancer. Oh my God. Which it has a tendency to interrupt one's <laughs> career. <laughs> and put it mildly, so, yes. Uh, to put it mildly. And also, um, I was diagnosed at a very early age. And uh, my first cancer was about 20 years ago. And there wasn't nearly as much information back then yeah. as there is now. And when someone is facing a cancer diagnosis, mm -hmm. they simply don't have time to do the research. Uh, they don't have time to make a plan or figure out what to do. So these are things that one should really know about before anything like this should happen. And I thought to myself, I've had so much trouble uh, finding out the correct information, doing research, doing my homework, homework, figuring out what to do. I'm going to write a book about it. And hopefully others will benefit from my experience. And uh, that's exactly what I did. So and I ended up writing so much that it was split into two books, two volumes. Wow. And the book is called The Single Source cancer course, because I wanted to include as much information as I could in one spot, so that people would not have to go all over the place, trying to bring all their information together. And so the first volume is really for those who have um, been diagnosed with cancer, what do you do now? And the other volume is how to protect yourself from cancer. And uh, so those were my first two books, and that's uh, what prompted that. I love that you courageously shared to help others, because that is just, that is amazing. Was that challenging? Were, the, were those books challenging to write? Having, to your point, you did have, you did, not only were going through cancer, three different types of cancer and times, but but also trying to put that information together, was it even a form of reliving that to be able to write the books? That, that's a good question. Um, reliving it, yes, but in a very therapeutic way. It had a very therapeutic effect on me in that uh, I was going into these issues again, but with a purpose. My purpose was not my personal survival anymore. The purpose was to help others 
there was an altruistic purpose to it. And that made all the difference. Um, there is an old Chinese proverb that I love. And it says, to know the road ahead, ask those coming back. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. I love that. And I see a form of nonfiction like that. When you're writing nonfiction, I, the writers that I've worked with, the writers that I, I, the authors that I've read the books, they come from a place of service. They come from a place of wanting to be healers or helpers and help someone else solve a problem or along their journey and to be a part of that solution for, for that reader. And I love that you did that. That was it was courageous and generous. Thank you for, for being willing to do that. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And, you know, it's so nice when you hear back, when the author hears back from people who have actually read their books and say, that really helped me, or that really helped me understand this, or that really pointed me on the correct path to that. It's, um, it's very satisfying. Oh, very much so. And I love how you point out really that there were different goals for the books. And you know, so one book had one goal, another book had another goal. And even though they had a common theme, a common thread, they were still different purposes. And I love that you, you point that out because that's important too, that it's okay to, even if it's under, that might look and feel the same, that there still could be something different and with the intention behind each book, even if it's a part of a volume or a series, there's still something unique about that particular book itself. Exactly, exactly. Because when it comes to cancer, um, I don't know anyone, I don't know about you or your audience, I do not know anyone who has not been touched in some way. Either they've been touched personally, they've experienced it personally, or someone they love, someone they know has been through the experience. And so again, we're automatically divided into these two groups when it comes to something like cancer or for that matter, any other chronic progressive uh, disease. But you either have people who have not had it personally and they wanna know how to protect themselves or they know people who have been and they have been and now they want to heal and survive the very best way that they can that is so true and and you're right i i can feel that and i can see that with what you're describing because it is touching different audiences for different reasons but the threads it and the intention common. is still common i i love that you talk about that and thank you to your point about the health element the the proactive things you can do either for yourself to help you prevent something occurring as much as you can or helping your loved one through to help them have a more fulfilling life. What was that like putting that book together? Um, I loved it because first of all, <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> I, have, I have always been a nerd, you know, in elementary school, when the school bell would ring in the afternoon and all the kids would run out to the playground, I would run to the library. <laughs> Love it. And I've always been a nerd, so I love doing research. I really do. I love it. I adore it. I love being in the midst of research and information and books and all, all kinds of things. So I enjoyed putting it together. And um, I also ended up learning a lot more for myself 
And as far as staying health and healthy and well, there are so many different things that we can do for ourselves. Um, and it's, it became for me um, a quest to, to research all of these different things. I mean, of course we have Western medicine, but we have Eastern philosophies, we have meditation, uh, we have different kinds of imagery and uh, different kinds of foods and uh, different kinds of activities, uh, all that go in to our health, health and wellness diet. What are some of the things that you would recommend? Because even, even if you are, another way to look at this if for a listener who is writing their book, maybe they are, they might be stuck on a, on a particular path, or maybe they, they've kind of reached a part that they're not sure what to do with the next pot, or maybe they've just, mm. you know, maybe they've just hit a few bumps in the road and they're very frustrated and taking steps back are definitely helpful, but taking care of their health and helping them to feel their best selves as they're writing, or maybe their books published. And now the big thing is now you got to get out there and, and talk about it or go do a, an event or go do a signing. There are things that they can do to keep their health up so that they are, their writing shows that their business shows that because they are running a business and you know, they're, everyone benefits from that. They benefit, their families benefit, their your readers benefit what would you suggest on some of those things to help improve or maintain your health yes first of all one of the most important things everything that you've just mentioned originates in the brain everything we are everything we do everything we say and it's important to keep our brains fluid and flexible and there's a wonderful thing it's called neuroplasticity now when we start thinking in a certain way and we continue to think in that way over and over and over again. We sometimes get into a rut, uh, which can cause a uh, writer's block. Uh, it can cause lots of different things. We need to get out of the rut. The way we do that is we have to change the way that we're thinking. Now, with neuroplasticity, if we just start introducing new and different thoughts into our mind, we can create new neural pathways that will help us see things in a new light and see things differently. We have to get out of the rut. So I love neuroplasticity and some of the things that will help us um, retain a very fluid and flexible brain and thinking process is of course, exercise. I know we hear about this all the time, but truly a little bit of exercise goes a long way for health and wellness. And it's not just about physical health, it's about mental health. Every time we move or we stretch, it helps uh, our brain produce those wonderful endorphins called serotonin and dopamine. Now, these two are chemicals. They are called our feel-good chemicals. And the more we can activate those in our brain, uh, the, the better we're going to feel and the more clearly we're going to think. So exercise is vital. And I'm not talking about going to the gym and working out for five or six hours a day. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, thank goodness, right? <laughs> Because if I would say that, you would cut me off right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now, what I'm talking about is moving, just move. Um, a few stretches during the day, uh, a leisurely 15 minute walk, just start moving. And this not only keeps your body in better shape and flexible, but your mind as well. So exercise number one, the other thing that we can really do to keep ourselves healthy and well, Jennifer, is to try to eat right. Um, I'm not talking about diet and I'm not talking about um, you know, toned abs here or tight buns. I am talking about a nutritious diet that will keep us thinking clearly and keep our bodies refreshed. So uh, basically just a few wonderful foods would be um, proteins like salmon, fish that has omega-3 fatty acids. Another thing would be a handful of nuts every once in a while during the day. Try to incorporate a few dark leaf, leafy greens like spinach, which is loaded with folate, which is wonderful for uh, our mental clarity. Um, and then this is one of everyone's favorites, chocolate. <laughs> Darn, books chocolate. and chocolate go together. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to get, um, the chocolate is loaded with just wonderful, wonderful chemicals that improve our mood, they fight depression, and they're also instrumental in helping the brain to produce more serotonin and dopamine, our feel-good chemicals. I mean, we don't want to go overboard with the chocolate, but just one or two bites of dark chocolate a day will do wonders for for our brain and for allowing us to um, see things in a new light and make progress with whatever project we're working on. Remember to drink plenty of water because our bodies are 70% water. Yeah. So we want to refresh that all the time. And then the third thing, and, and this uh, may seem like it's coming in from an odd direction, is humor. <laughs> And uh, you and I were briefly talking about this, but introducing a little bit of humor into your life will do wonders for your health and wellness. And as you said, Jennifer, you said sometimes when, you, when we get stuck in a path or um, we're writing a book and, and, and we have writer's block, or we, we have written our book and we don't know where to go next, Sometimes taking a step back, taking a step back away from the problem and just resting and introducing something new and fun that makes us laugh or smile will do wonders in unblocking the mind and allowing us to progress in a positive way. Have you been sitting with me at times? Because here's what I... I mean, you are describing how I eat. <laughs> I have a water bottle right here. So I drink plenty of water every day. But the, but what you just described, like when I have the, uh, some kind of block in some way, or I need a, a break, I'm the person who goes find, to find an animation to go watch. I particularly love a few of them that I seem to watch on repeat, or I have a few... Um, particular movies that just make me laugh every single time when I see them. So I put them on because I know I probably watched them a gazillion times, but a gazillion plus one won't hurt because I'm still 
I'm laughing each time I chuckle or when it's been a day that you just feel like, oh my goodness, I am deliberately looking for those because they just make me laugh. And I, that is so cool that you said how important those are because when I have gone and watched one of those movies or an animation and then I go back to, to work either the next day or maybe even later that day, everything things feel a little bit different. I feel more focused. I feel more creative even because the creativity was going on and I see another way I could approach something. My writing improves, my service improves, all of those things. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. And I'm and I'm so glad you brought that up because as you know, one of the other hats I wear in addition to being a health and wellness advocate is I'm also a businesswoman. And I work with my husband, Mark Fleischer. We actually run a family-owned company called Fleischer Studios. Now, Mark's grandfather was the pioneering animator, Max Fleischer, who uh, animated all the original Popeye cartoons and the Superman cartoons. And he created several cartoon characters, including Betty Boop. Mm -hmm. And so what we do today is while we don't make cartoons, we are very much involved in licensing and merchandising products that bear the likenesses of these wonderful animated characters. But as you said, you watch funny movies. Uh, go back and watch some of the wonderful animated, the cartoons, the old cartoons. Yep. Um, anything that can make us smile or chuckle or have a complete deep belly laugh is wonderful for our physical health and it will get rid of all those mental blocks that we sometimes, that all of us sometimes experience. And you know, another thing that helps me in particular is we have three kitties and, <laughs> and I joke that I have three either coworkers and sometimes I feel like I have three supervisors. And there are plenty of times in my home office space that all of us are right here. My husband might be doing something else. And it's like, how is it that I need all this supervision? And they all, <laughs> but, they, but, they, but they come in so many times. One of my kitties, uh, Mushu, she will hop up in my chair and I affectionately call it Zoom bombing. She interferes in the videos. She has said hi to so many people. And I'm like, it is what it is, you know, but she joins me she sits in my chair she sits right along with me and she purrs usually she's kind of edging me off the chair but we're going to ignore that because what I see in her is just love and like right now I have supervision he's over there and but they but they bring joy my kitties bring joy snuggling with them hanging out with them watching their antics so even just taking in things that are going on around me and seeing like a childlike wonder about things, I think help to bring levity, but also creativity into what I do and how I look at things. Would you agree with things like that? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the creativity, because you take your personal experience, your love for your pets, your relationship with animals, and you write about it. <laughs> 
That's what we all do. We take the things we love in our life, the things we've learned from the things that are teaching us lessons, and we write about it. And uh, I did the same thing with uh, the cartoon characters. Um, My my latest book that came out last year is called Betty Boop's Guide to a Bold and Balanced Life. I love that so much. (laughs) I think that's precious. (laughs) (laughs) And what we did was... uh, we took the old Betty Boop cartoons from the 1930s, all of which have a very important life lesson in them. And then uh, the book consists of 10 chapters. One is love, one is independence, one is courage, one of course is health, one is respect. And we took the themes from the old cartoons and uh, wrote this uh, self-help book, uh, which I absolutely adored uh, doing. It, it, I had a blast. But so that's how it comes about. You, you take your love, your joys, and you write about it as you do with your pets and as I do with you know, our cartoon characters or you, our life experience. Yes, but you also... There was also still love in what you created with the with the two first two books because I realized the first book had a different type of love, a different type of healing element going on with them, but they were created out of love as well. They were created out of love to help others, but also a love that said, I have there's more that I can be, I know I have more to give, and I am going to do this and I'm going to show up and share this story and it's going to touch someone else. I just know it. And that I think is just absolutely awesome. So Betty Boop showing off courage. Well, you were modeling courage in your books, Betty Boop (laughs) showing love. You were modeling love in your books. I just think that that's just, I love how she's showing up and showcasing what you were doing just yet in another way, in a playful way. Exactly. Playful. Playfulness is so important. To we cannot take ourselves too seriously, no matter what's going on. And, you know, you said, yes, I mean, what you're talking about are basic human values, the basic human values of love, of courage, of, of positivity, of hope, you know, all those good things, they never change. They never change, which is why Betty has retained her popularity for the last hundred <laughs> years, and which is why you and I and other writers and people who want to make a difference in the world and, and write their stories, share their experiences, um, always go back to the same fundamental human values. They never change. And what you're talking about is love for other people, the desire to help other people in one way or another, whether it's to guide them on a cancer journey or whether it's to help them laugh throughout the day. Uh, All of these things are so important and everyone has something that they can share. So when you were, when you were coming through each, each book, and I feel like each book I love how each book has its own personality and its own, because that's what I feel is each book has its own personality and each, each goal, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. But when you, when you felt like you reached maybe a difficult part to write, or maybe it wasn't so difficult as much as it was 
I have so many things I want to say here and I don't want to overwhelm someone, but I I'm having difficulty breaking this down. So even in your own writing process, when you are striving to, to be of such service and you might even run into your own challenge of writer's block, what did you do to help overcome that? So you could come back to your best self to be able to share your stories the way you have. Oh, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> you know? um, I take a break because when we hit, let's say, a writer's block, it is an indication that our brain is overloaded at the moment with one particular issue or one particular thought or one particular problem. And we can't keep struggling trying to fight our way through that. It's better to pull back take a break. And again, as you mentioned earlier, one of the best things for you and for anyone is to take a break and uh, do something that's fun. Create some fun in your life, something that makes you smile, something that makes you laugh, something that takes you away from the problem. You need to forget about it for a little while and then return to it refreshed and rejuvenated. And you will be amazed at suddenly how clearly you seem to see everything. I love Don't that. Don't you find that? I definitely, I, I definitely do. And yeah. I think sometimes how long that break is can be relative. Sometimes that break might be, I just need to step away and go do something else or go outside for a little bit. Sometimes it might be, no, this one needs a little bit longer. <laughs> this might need a, few, <laughs> a couple of hours or even like uh, uh, even more time. And even when I've completed something, maybe it's editing a work or working on, you know, so working with one of my clients and one of their pieces or my own writing in some way, I always take a break before I either turn it back over to my client or before I move my own writing to another phase, because you don't, that gap helps. That gap helps because you come back with fresh eyes and you come back with being able to say, okay, is there anything else I can add to this? Is there, or is there something else I need to do to remove something, but that will make it more powerful or more enjoyable or whatever the intention is of that piece. That break helps to make sure that you were able to, to see the different pieces and add, you know, have more value going into what you were trying to do. So I, even if it's not necessarily a writer's block, just deliberately saying, okay, I've done a big piece of it, but let me walk away, put some space and let me come back. That is a practice that I do all the time because I feel like that will give the best result for whomever that I'm doing that for. Yes, yes. And that's the way the brain works. We <laughs> I did not to, know that we, <laughs> until this conversation. <laughs> I <know. laughs> we have to give our brain time to breathe. It needs a breath of fresh air itself. It can only be confronted with a problem for so long. Then you need to back away from it. You need to turn it off. You need to turn into a different direction. And it's not that nothing is happening with that problem or that block in your brain while you're not paying attention to it. A lot is happening. Your brain is absorbing everything you've tried to do and you are processing and your system and the neural pathways are all processing what you've been dealing with. Now, when you take a little vacation and then you come back, 
you, you will be amazed. It's like someone else came in and cleaned your house. You go, oh yes, of course. <laughs> I see this now. This is very clear now. It's simply the way the brain works. You must give it a rest every now and then, just like we do our bodies. But you know, that totally makes sense. And from how many times have you had it happen where you were working on something and then you step away, maybe you're at the grocery store and all of a sudden it's like you're in the middle of the store or something like, I know what I need to do. And then you, you're like, where's the pen and paper at that moment? No, the notes section on the phone app is perfect. Turn it on, voice it in and you're done. You've captured the idea and then you, and then you didn't lose it, but then your mind was doing exactly that. I know that it's happened to me. I don't know how many times. Please say this has happened to you too. <laughs> Remember, just because we turn off our conscious thought connecting us to a situation or a problem, it does not mean the brain has stopped working on it. That's what we have to remember. The brain is still working on it, but we're taking a conscious break from it so that when we come back, we can see it more clearly. I love. I hope so that much. makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. I just... This is such a fun conversation. Susan, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so glad you were here. How can people connect with you? How can they find your books? How how can people connect with you? You're amazing. (laughs) Well, of course, I have my website. Jennifer, I think you have that uh, on the program. My website, uh, it includes my blogs, of course, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, the official Susan Wilking Haran Facebook. (laughs) And my books are all available on Amazon and online, wherever books are sold. I love it. Thank you so, so much, Susan. Thank you for being such a fun guest on this show. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. And have a wonderful Thanksgiving next week. And the same to all your audience. And to you too. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, Keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.